If you'd go to Romans, please, the 12th chapter. On Sundays here for the uh, past few weeks, we've been on a series that we're calling The Perfect Will of God. The Perfect Will of God. And it comes from this passage here in Romans 12. Romans 12, 1. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now you'll see in just a moment, he's talking about the will of God. And it is the will of God that after he has redeemed us and gives us everything, that we serve him, that we present our our body, our being, everything that's under our hand, it's just reasonable that we serve him, and that is his will. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the the world, that doesn't refer to the earth. That refers to all the ungodly people and institutions and things godless, ungodly. And there are, sadly, millions and millions of people on the planet right now They have no interest in God or his will or his plan. And we're told don't just be caught up in that current of worldliness and ungodliness. Most people are living, trying to live life on the earth like they're going to do this forever. And they act shocked when somebody dies. They just act like it's a total shock and surprise. Well, uh, we're told that some approximately 160,000 people die across the planet every day. Almost two every second. Two more. Two more just left. Two more. Well, it shouldn't be a shock to us that somebody died. Right? Right? And, I mean, you know you're not going to live down here forever, right? If the Lord tarries his coming just that much longer, it'll be too long for you, right? And with him, a thousand years is like last night. So if he tarried his coming half a day, that's 500 years too long for you (laughs) to live down here. And you don't want to live down here 500 years. You you want to do your job, accomplish your purpose, find and follow and fulfill his will, his plan for your life, and then blow this popsicle stand. Get out of here and go on (laughs) because it's far better uh, to be with him. But... Don't be in a big hurry. It's going to be over soon enough. I mean, if you know, if you if you 
got another 50 years down here, another 75 years, whatever. It's going to go by so quick. So quick. Hmm? How many are still getting used to writing 2022? You're like, what happened to 21? You know, or, I, said, we're, I said, we're celebrating, you know, 20 years on this church. Seemed like we just started, you know. And um, uh, your perspective changes even as you get older. I mean, when you're five, six years old and somebody says it's going to happen next year, you're like, oh, you know, it's, it's like next millennia, you know. Next year, you can't even wrap your head around it being that long. But then when you're 60 years old, somebody says, well, it needs to be done by the end of the year. You go, oh, man, I don't have much time. Right. right? I got it by the end of the year. Well, what if you've been around for thousands of years? See how your perspective would change. And so um, the scripture tells us that we are to count, not teach us, he said, to number our days, that we may apply our heart to wisdom. We don't want to just uh, get up, go to work, go to school, do the laundry, wash the dishes, cut the grass, do it again tomorrow, and act like we're going to do this forever. Because you are not. In, in just a few days, you're going to look up, it's going to be time for you to leave here. You're going to be breathing your last. Your spirit will be leaving your body. And for the child of God, that's nothing to be afraid of. Hallelujah. It's something to celebrate. But you don't want to leave without doing his will. You're here for a reason. God has a will. He has a plan. Uh, I'm just elaborating on this verse. Don't be conformed to this ungodly selfish, self-centered, short-sighted, worldly view. Yes. But, but how are we to be different? We're to be transformed, yes. not conformed. Right. Transformed, how's that going to happen? By the renewing of the mind. That doesn't happen automatically. But, but it tells you, shows you the results of your mind being renewed. That... You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The more renewed your mind is, the more you know God's will. The more you can distinguish and discern between what is his will and what is just uh, man's ideas, what is even the enemy's plan. you have to have mind renewal, though, and there's even amongst church people, there is so much uh, ignorance of the will of God. And you will not have your mind renewed except by the Word of God, the revelation, the anointing that's on the Word. Because as your mind, as you get revelation and you find out, oh, this is what God likes, this is His will, this is who He is. And as you go on month after month and year after year, you should be growing and learning until you get to the place where you, uh, you have a sense of who he is and what his will is, even generally speaking. I know um, 
you know, Phyllis, my wife and I, we've been married, we'll soon have been married uh, 45 years. And uh, so dating before that, we've been together, you know, almost 50 years. And um, uh, there's times that she'll, uh, uh, even if I'm out on the road or something, uh, we'll talk and communicate. She'll say, now, did you say to do so, such and such? And I said, no. She said, I didn't think you did. Well, why would she say that? Huh? Because there were some circumstances where it looked like maybe I did or somebody misunderstood something. But why would she, basically she's saying, no, that's not Keith's will. Why? And this is before she's even talked to me about it. Well, over this period of time, her mind has been renewed. <laughs> to how Keith thinks. My mind's been renewed to how she thinks. How many think as the bride of Christ, our mind needs to be renewed to how our husband, the Lord Jesus, thinks and what is his will. And after, you're not just going to find that in religion or tradition, but you find it in his word, quickened by his spirit. Hallelujah. And your eyes are enlightened to things and you see it. And after a while, somebody says, well, you know, maybe that's the will of God. And you'll go, no, that can't be the will of God. What? It's not his will that any should perish. Right? Somebody trying to tell you that a tornado, you know, killing children, it must have been the mysterious will of God because he needed an angel. You say, uh-uh, no, no, you don't know him. I'm not saying you're not saved. You can be born again, but be an infant spiritually. And and spiritual infants don't know the will of their parents. They don't know them, period. All they know is when they scream, they get a result. When they cry, something happens. But they don't know daddy's will. They don't know mama's priorities. Come on, can you see that? You've got to grow in order to learn the Father's will and His plan. And can you see how it's going to happen progressively as your mind is renewed? Then you're able to prove, to distinguish what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the word perfect can also be translated complete. And here's the thing, if there's a perfect will of God... If there's a complete will of God, there's a partial, partial will of God, incomplete. Now, um, uh, the safest place on the planet is not the perfect geographic, geographical location. You know where the perfect place, the, the most safe place, the most protected place on the planet is for you? In the center of his perfect will and plan for you. That is the the safest place. It is the most protected place. The most successful place. The most satisfying place. The most peaceful and joyous place. You know where the the, the most unhappy place is? (laughs) The most dangerous place is out of the will of God. You're exposed 
to the enemy. You're out of your place. You're out of your grace. You'll fall on your face. (laughs) But thank God by the grace of God, you can repent and get back in your place. If you're willing. I said, if you're willing. Uh, Go with me, if you would, to the book of Galatians. Galatians, the first chapter. Now, if uh, if you haven't been with us for these uh, previous parts of this series, it's available to you. You can go online uh, and um, go to the Word Supply and look under uh, the perfect will of God. won't cost you anything, no charge, to look at it, listen to it, download it. If you're in the buildings here, either... Branson or Sarasota, and you want a hard copy, a CD or DVD, you can get one on your way out. And just ask at the information area. Uh, these things build. We, we're, we're laying a foundation and then uh, building on it every week. In Galatians, the first chapter, notice something that, that he emphasized, Paul emphasized, with the, uh, the Spirit of God through him. And uh, it's something that you will find... I don't know, half a dozen places in the New Testament. Galatians 1.1. Galatians 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, he goes on to talk more about this in the next verses, but you'll find in his letter to the saints at Corinth and Ephesus, Colossae, in the letter to Timothy, he starts it the same way, and he and it reads like this, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. Uh, that was 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Amen. Ephesians, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Wow. Colossians, guess what it says? Paul, <laughs> an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Writing to Timothy, he said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Why, why say it like that? He is distinguishing between by the will of God and the will of man. He's differentiating between the two. Uh, Let's keep reading here in Galatians. Galatians 1 and verse 2. I want us to just keep going for a few verses here. He said, "Um, And all the brethren which are with me under the churches of Galatia. He said, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Do you see the contrast here between the ungodly world and the will of God? That's what he had said in in Romans don't be conformed to the, the present evil world. But according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Skip down uh, to verse uh, 
verse 10, for time's sake. He said, do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. You can't serve two masters. And uh, perhaps the greatest danger to the will of God is the will of man. Even the master himself, he kept saying this. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus was cognizant and aware that he had to distinguish his will from the Father's will. Are y'all listening? And he said, uh, he said, I, I didn't come to do my own will. Uh, you'll see this in John 5.30. You'll see it in John 6.38, other places. He said, I... I do always those things that please him. And then at the um, uh, one of the most pressured times of his life in ministry, when he was praying in the garden and, and, and blood was coming out of his pores, resisting what? What, what was such a deal? What, what did he pray? He said, he said Father, all things are possible with you. Nevertheless, come on, help me out, church. What, what did he pray? Not my will, but your will be done. Was it an issue? Well, why, why is he sweating blood? What's going on here? Nothing that happened on the the mock trial, the scourging, the crucifixion, none of that was a total shock and surprise to the master. He saw it in the scriptures. He saw it in the prophecies of Isaiah and other places. And you remember, he talked to his disciples about it before it happened. And he tried to prepare them for it. And they were shocked because they didn't understand what he was talking about. But when they came to take him, you remember, and in the garden that night, and, they, and he said, who are you looking for? And they, they said, Jesus. And, and he said, I am. And oh, man, they all fell back on top of themselves. You remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Demonstrating what he said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. And I've got, I've got this commandment of my father to lay it down and have power to take it back up again. Woo. Hallelujah. But he had revelation and insight of what was going to happen. And as terrible as the scourging and the crucifixion was physically, that was not even close to being the worst part of it. The worst part of it was being made sin with our sin. He didn't just empathize with our sin. Uh, Do you remember that uh, Moses was taught 
to raise up a serpent, a snake on a pole where that the people could look and be healed when they were bitten of snakes. And then in John, Jesus said, just like Moses raised the serpent on the pole, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. How can a snake on a pole be a type of Jesus? A snake? It is. Because as he hung there, remember when he cried out, my God, why have you forsaken me? What was going on? He was made sin. He didn't commit sin, but he was made sin. We we cannot wrap our heads around what it was like for all of the evil sin of all the generations of human beings, past, present, and future, to converge on his spotless, sinless being. A God who is holy hates evil and sin. But he allowed it to happen. He he allowed himself to be made sin with our sin. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Master. And that's what he was recoiling from in the garden. He knows It's here. The hour is come. There is no more delay. I mean, the next thing that's going to happen is the scourging, the cross, the sin coming, the judgment, the the days and nights in in the heart of the earth, the judgment. And as he is looking at him being made sin, he's like, God. Father, you can do anything. If there's there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. So at that point, what was the, the issue to overcome to do God's will? His will. And a lot of folks don't like looking at that, but listen to the prayer. What did he say? What did he say? Well, then his will must have been at the moment different. Or elsewise you just say, mine, your will be done. And every one of us will come face to face with this. And this is what submission is about. Submission is not easy. I've heard people say, well, you know, it's easy for me. You don't know what it is. (laughs) And a lot of people will give their self away when they sit like this. Well, now, I usually submit. But on this, I just don't agree. No, you usually agree. And now the first time you have an opportunity to submit, you refuse to. (laughs) Submission is when you don't agree. It's having to submit your will to another's will that's different from yours. And that's not easy, ever, for anyone. Don't tell me it is. (laughs) I know better. 
Why, why are you talking about? But you will not find and fulfill the complete will of God without it. Amen. You will not find and fulfill the perfect will of God without submission. Jesus didn't? Huh? And the servant's not above his master. If Jesus had to submit his will to the Father, if it was uncomfortable to the point of sweat and blood, then you and I, if we're going to follow God all the way, we will have to submit. There will be points and times in our life. Uh, now, I, I say you'll have to in order to complete it. You don't have to submit, which is where the problem comes in. Millions of even believers, even faith people, they won't. And so they are only ever in the partial will of God. And only ever experiencing partial blessing, partial protection partial benefits and so many times people the Lord helps them to get in the right church or in the right place or with the right believers and they know it's God they're so excited about it and then after a time something comes up they don't like and they decide I don't have to take this I'm leaving and so they write their own orders Hmm? And they're actually a wall. <laughs> Are y'all okay or not? Huh? This, you know, the Bible tells us to endure hardness like a good soldier. Doesn't it? We are to have a military mentality concerning some of these things. The Lord is the, is the captain of our salvation. And there are people over us in the Lord. You need to be able to answer the question. Who's over me in the Lord? And it doesn't need to be somebody that you never have any contact with. (laughs) That you're never in any danger of them telling you something to do. (laughs) Are you all okay or not? You know, if you if you're in the in the army and you get stationed in uh, Cold Bay, Alaska, and you say, "Well, now, hey, don't we have a base in Hawaii? <laughs> don't we have a base?" So you your orders are to, are to go to Cold Bay, but you you just say, "No, I'm I'm going to Hawaii." Well, you are out of the will of the army. Is that right? Can, can you just write your own orders? Well, you can, <laughs> but you'll be in trouble, right? Now, you're laughing, but so much of the church has done this. They were, they were stationed somewhere. They were sent somewhere, but something they didn't like. And so they just relocated on their own. They just they, they quit jobs. They quit churches. They quit marriages. Huh? And so their will is what's running their life, not God's will. You will encounter all along the way 
having to submit. I'm just pausing, let you think on that just 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 a moment. <laughs> go to go to First uh, Peter, the fourth chapter. This is a big subject, but the important thing is to get the get the spirit of it. How many want to go all the way? Huh? Not stop short, but go all the way. First Peter 4. There's been more than one time in mine and Phyllis' life and ministry. We've been in the ministry now uh, 40 years. And there's been not one time, but several times. I'm thinking one time in particular, it just it got pretty tough. And I went, in, I went in the bedroom, fell across the bed by myself, and, and I cried out to the Lord, and I put in a request for a transfer. <laughs> and it came back, denied. <laughs> so now what do I do? What do I do? See, we, now we're about to find out if Jesus really is my Lord. See, with many people, he's their savior. They're counting on him for salvation. But truth be told, he is not their Lord. He is not. They are their own Lord. And you you will not develop and grow. Uh, he, he talks about suffering in First Peter quite a bit. And people who don't understand it, they try to make the suffering being sick with disease or being broke and not having any money. But no, there's, there's other kinds of suffering. Huh? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's suffering poverty and lack and mental anguish and defeat for breaking God's law. Christ has redeemed us. I said he's redeemed us from that. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. And yet we have not been redeemed from all suffering. And that's what a lot of faith folks don't like. They, they just don't like the word at all. Suffer is like suffer. Oh, no. No. I've been redeemed from suffering. No, you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. There is a suffering according to the will of God. I'm quoting scripture right here in 1 Peter. Say it out loud. Suffering, Suffering according, according to, the will of God. to the will of God. And you know what some of the, 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 the bulk of that is? Not getting your way. Not getting your way. Not getting to do your will. And that hurts. I said it, not only does it hurt, it actually can kill some of your flesh and it needs to be killed. It needs to die. Sometimes you'll cry and go, but I don't want it. You say, shut up. Just die, flesh. Just die. But I always want to shut up. Submit. Oh, somebody just try the word out at least. Just, just try to <laughs> submit. Submission to God includes submission to people. 
And that's not somebody making you do something. No, that's you voluntarily submitting yourself, not doing what you want, but doing what they say. And that is, that, that is essential to finding and fulfilling the perfect will of God. It is essential to being perfected. You'll see it in the scriptures. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> it, got, it got quiet right there. I thought. Are y'all okay? Let's, uh, <laughs> of course, of course, some hurting is good, right? I mean, suffering according to the will of God. So do you want to wind up perfect and entire, wanting nothing? Yeah. In the perfect will of God, it will require uh, submitting to his, his will and plan. Because there'll be times your flesh doesn't want to do that. Or you had it in your mind, you wanted to do something else. In 1 Peter 5, we'll do it this way, we'll back up then to 4. 1 Peter 5, 10. Can you take a little more? It's good for you, I'm telling you. It's good for you. Besides that, it'll help you. 1 Peter 5, 10 this is a, a, a prayer and something he's saying over them. The God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Everything he works in us is for our ultimate good. And, and he got us headed toward glory to glory to glory. After that you've suffered a while. Make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Years ago, I I went through the epistles and found the prayers. And I thought, well, I'm going to pray, you know, uh, Ephesians 1 is a popular one. Ephesians 3 and Colossians 1. But there's more than that. There's, There's one here in Peter. And, and so I'm going to pray these prayers over myself. I said, the God of all grace who's called me to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that I've, huh. <laughs> because being a, being a faith man, you know, I, <laughs> that, that S word. I, <laughs> after, I wanted to leave that part out and just skip to the perfected, Established, strengthened. Does that sound good? Perfected. Well, see, that's that same word, perfect will of God, complete. And established, strengthened, settled. Does that like somebody, that sound like somebody in the will of God? Doing the will of God. And when, when does it happen? When, after you've what? Suffered a while. Not suffered being sick. We've been redeemed. Not suffered being broke. Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr., my father in the faith, who's in heaven now, he, he talks, he's actually got a good book called uh, Must Christians Suffer? If you hadn't read it, I highly recommend it to you. 
We don't have it, but you can go to their ministry, Kenneth Hagin Ministries, and get it. Um, he tells about when he pastored before he went out on road ministry that the Lord, in a spectacular fashion in praying one time, spoke to him in a strong way that he would be the next church, next pastor of a certain church. This is before they had considered him for it or had any contact about it. The Lord told him, you'll be the next pastor of that church. And uh, sure enough, not long after that, they contacted him, <laughs> asked him if he'd be interested and for him to come and preach. And of course, they had a board that had to vote on it and stuff. And, and so uh, he knew before he got there what the result was going to be, but he didn't tell them that. And he did, and they all agreed he was should be the one, and so they uh, took him on as pastor. And he said he found out later that when the Lord gives you a spectacular word like that, it's usually because there's rough sailing ahead, <laughs> and you need <laughs> something strong that you can go back to and say, now I know he told me this. So you might not want to clamor so much for a special word. Just be led by the Spirit, yeah. right? <laughs> and he said, uh, once they started pastoring the church, he found out it was major split. He said half the folks would sit on one side, half the folks sit on the other and glare at each other. <laughs> they had had a bunch of trouble before he got there. And they wouldn't agree on anything just to spite each other. And he said, man, he'd prepare and pray and prepare and pray. And he'd get up on Sunday to preach. And he said he'd try to give it out. And he said it felt like when he'd speak out, it was like a rubber ball that would bounce and hit the back wall and hit him in the face. And he said almost every Sunday after Sunday night service was over, he and Miss Aretha would lay down in bed to go to sleep. And he'd look over at her and he'd say, if I didn't know <laughs> that the Lord told me told us to do this, I, I wouldn't even call anybody. I'd go rent a U-Haul. I'd back it up to the parsonage. I'd load it up. We'd be gone in the morning. And they'd say, it, why? It's uncomfortable. It, it was hard. You see, just because it's the will of God doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Hmm? Was it easy for Jesus? Huh? To go to the cross. And no. No way you can call that easy. So the problem is, a lot of people didn't just say that. They did it. When it was uncomfortable, when it got hot in the kitchen, they got out the kitchen. Is that right? They're like, hey, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to do with this. And they acted like they don't even have a Lord. They acted like they don't even have to ask. They don't even have to check. They just write their own orders, reassign themselves, and what you'll find is it won't be long, they'll do it again. And they'll do it again because once you hop out of the will of God, it gets easier to jump out the next time. And, and the sad thing is 20 years can go by and they're dissatisfied and unhappy and don't know why things are not going the way they should because they're out of the will of God. They got, he got them in his will, and they jumped out. It's quiet. But is this true? Is this true? 
You want to be led in? And if and when you go, you want to be led out, not by an offense. Not led by an offense. Not led by getting upset or a fight or a misunderstanding or strife. That's the enemy leading you. That's your flesh leading you. But it won't be easy. There will be times, you know, people, somebody maybe didn't do you right. Maybe they did you wrong. That doesn't mean you're released. Just because they did you wrong. You should fall down before the Lord. You got to talk to him about it. And even sometimes when you put in a request for a transfer, it'll come back. Deny. And if it does, don't despair. God's with you. And if he told you to do something, he told you to be somewhere. And don't get a stinky attitude now because that won't work either. You sulk around mad all the time. They're liable to put you out without you wanting to go. And now you're out of the will of God too. No, got to get it together. Right? I mean, if you got to get some toothpicks and and pop up the corner of your mouth. (laughs) We rejoice in the Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. I will. I will rejoice. (laughs) And be glad. Why? If the Lord is with you. He's going to help you, and things are going to change. Things are going to break. Just just stay with him. Hang in there. And uh, Brother Hagin talked about that church, and it took a while for things to, you know, the ice begin to melt. And, 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 but he said, he said, you know, he wouldn't want to go through it again. But having to deal with some of those things like that, he learned such valuable lessons And it affects your character. Having to stick it out, you develop perseverance. Or the Bible calls it patience. You you develop a stick-to-itiveness. You're able to display and and show your commitment to God, your consecration, your dedication. Y'all with me or not? And it is through this... That you are perfected. Not suffering being sick. Not suffering being broke. But suffering not getting your way. Suffering having to submit your will to another. Suffering in uncomfortable situations. There are things... Phyllis in my life, I wouldn't go through again for large sums of money. <laughs> and yet, it, through that, the Lord teaching us and helping us, you had to exercise your faith. You had to exercise walking in love. Come on, can you see? Not just talk about it, not just make notes about it, you had to do it. And you didn't have to do it just for 30 minutes. You had to do it every day and every week and every month. And through that, you are perfected. You are completed. You develop. You grow. And after you've been through some big storms, these little winds don't bother you. 
You're like, oh, that little wind. <laughs> After you've been through some, some tough stuff, the little stuff don't even phase you. You get strong. You get focused. Hallelujah. You, you get hard for the enemy to discourage. Because you've been there. You've seen it. You overcame it. But if you jump and bail and run every time it gets uncomfortable, that will never develop. And you'll remain in a babyhood, childhood stage of development. And that can be true even though you were born again 60 years ago. You're still a baby. And every time something you don't like, you start crying and running. And bailing and jumping and leaving. And so you never develop. You never Go to the fourth chapter here and notice this. 1 Peter 4 and 1. Oh my, time's up. No. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> On the clock anyway. <laughs> Y'all listen good. Y'all are good listeners. He said, for it's much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Huh? How, how, how are we going to develop? How are we going to please God? How are we going to find and fulfill his ultimate and perfect will? Exactly like the master did. There's not a shortcut. There's not a different way to do it. The Bible said the Lord, even though he were a son... Yet learned he obedience by the things that he suffered. Did he suffer from the curse of the law? Never. Did Jesus suffer being sick? Broke? No. No. Mentally and emotionally oppressed? Never. Never. Then how did he suffer? He, the Bible said he, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And the servant's not above his master. That's the only way you learn it. Not just talking about it. Not just hearing preaching about it. You got to do it. Yes. And it's, it's not fun. It's not easy. But is it worth it? Come on. Are, are you, is it worth it? How many are so glad, forever glad, that Jesus came back and, I'm going to paraphrase, Father, I don't want to do this. Is there any other way? But he didn't end there. Come on, help me out. What? Where did he end? Nevertheless. Not what I want. Not my will. But did he consecrate? Did he commit himself to the will of God? No matter how much it hurt. No matter how painful or uncomfortable it was. Was he willing to obey all the way? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Are you his disciple? Yes. Then he called you to follow me. Doesn't he? He said, okay, follow in my footsteps. Do what I did. Is there, is there going to be some suffering along the road to following him and doing his will? Oh, that was weak. That was weak. This is not a trick question. I've been preaching to you for an hour. Come on, are y'all listening or not? Is there going to be some suffering on your way to fulfilling God's perfect will and plan for your... Okay. Yes. 
Can you do it? Yes. By His grace. Is His grace sufficient? Yes. 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 Can you do it? Yes. Is it worthwhile? Is it? Yes. 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 Friend, you have no idea the effect your complete obedience will have on other people around you. It will have, you know, people that you respect, that you love, that you're so ministered to, like Brother Kenneth Copeland and, and others. Do you think it's always been easy for them? No. <laughs> no. Huh? Uh-uh, no. no. Are you thankful that they didn't quit? Are you thankful yeah. that they endured through the hardships, through the persecution, through the hate, through the attacks and all that kind of stuff? Well, see, you have benefited. Because they obeyed and went all the way. Well, the same thing's supposed to happen in your life. People who know you, your family, people around you, they are affected by whether you obey or don't, by whether you submit or don't. If you are defiant and you won't submit and you're weak, well, they're liable to follow your example. Right? Your kids? Your grandkids, they see you bailing all the time. They may think, well, that's just what you do. You know, you don't, I don't have to put up with that. I don't have to take that. And they'll bail and they'll quit and get out of the will of God. No, your obedience matters. Somebody say, by the grace of God, I will submit. I will obey and go all the way. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let's finish this text right here. He said, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Oh, this is powerful. Why? See, if you if you won't put your flesh under to submit and obey God, then you, that's not just something isolated. You won't put your flesh under in other areas either. You'll yield to temptation. You'll yield to sin. And it'll just keep happening. But if, by the grace of God, you override your own will and, and make yourself submit to His will, well, you have, you have put your flesh under, and the spirit, man, is getting stronger and is the dominant part of your being. Yes. All right. And when other things come along to tempt you, you're already in that mode. That's right. yes. Your flesh says, yeah, but I want it to. You say, shut up. <laughs> yeah, but why can't I? I'll let you know what you can do and when you can do it. Shut up and obey. Yes. Yes. The man on the inside. Where the greater one dwells has become the dominant factor, hallelujah, of your being. And he that has suffered in the flesh, submitting and obeying God, has ceased from sin. Keep reading verse 2, verse 2. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men. That includes yours. That includes other people's ideas and what they want you to do around you. You're, you're getting to the place where you don't do what they want. You don't do what you want. 
You do what he wants. We first started the church. We were bombarded by people saying, well, we, we want you to do this program. And we want you to do that program. And, uh, let us do this and, and let us have this. And, and they didn't know it, but just a couple of weeks into the church, in a time of prayer, me seeking the Lord about what to do, he said this to me. He said, Keith, if you're always giving in to people, doing what they want, who's leading this? I thought, well, it, it wouldn't be me, would it? He said, and you will stand before me to give an account of how it went. So you need to lead it. And I realized that that means not doing anything he didn't direct us to do. Not being led by needs or opportunities or desires or any of a thousand things, but only led by the Spirit of God. We need to discipline ourselves to that. And so then, I can see why he told me, uh, because people begin to say, we want to do this, and won't you let us do it this way? And, and I would say, no, uh, no, no, uh, no, 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 sorry, no, no. And finally, one group said, you mean you're not even going to let us do this? I said, no. They said, well, we're gone. I said, okay. And they left. The whole group left. <laughs> And the early days of the church, we needed everybody we could get to do anything. But the Lord had already directed me. I don't need a reason not to do something. I need direction. Come on, y'all with me. And one person kind of pushed me and said, well, why won't you, why won't you do what we want to do on this? I said, I said, dear, I don't do what I want to do. Why would I do what you want me to do? Isn't that what this verse says? Come on, can you see that? Can you see that? He that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust or desires of men, but to the will of God. Do you want to do the will of God? Not mama's will. Huh? Not your wife's will. Huh? Not your denomination's will. Come on, are you with me or not? Not political correct will. Not your own will. Come on, stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say praise.